0: This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services. Now here's Mary Stirk.
1: Welcome to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. And today we are talking about money tips from the world's wealthiest women. I think that's a super fun topic. Today I have with me certified financial planner Kelsey Banke. Good morning. Kelsey and I would like to both be on this list of world's wealthiest women. (laughs) It's only a matter of time, Kelsey. It's only a matter of time. (laughs) So here's the thing, is that, um, you know, everybody has got their viewpoints on money. And there's fantastic tips from men. There's fantastic tips from women. But sometimes it's just how the messages are said or shared that uh, the emotion behind it, the sentimentality behind it is a little different coming from women. So we thought it would be kind of fun as financial planners and women in the financial industry to share a little bit with our listeners about some of the money tips from some of the world's richest women. So the first one I want to talk about is J.K. Rowling. Harry Potter. Yeah, here we go. (laughs) She is a rock star author. She is. Worth a lot of money. And one of the things that I admire the most about her is that she keeps falling down to a lower and lower place on the whole wealthiest women's list in terms of how much money she has because she keeps giving it away. (laughs)
0: she's like this charitable, amazing person. I love that. It's a pretty good way to use your money is to help others and and give it away. So I admire that about her. Absolutely.
1: And one of the things that I also connected with her about is that she didn't come from wealth. And the line that I really wanted to focus on when it comes to money tips from her was this. She said... I have not forgotten what it feels like to worry whether you'll have enough money to pay the bills. I think most of us have had that feeling before. At some point in our life, we've wondered, huh, how am I going to pay that bill? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe not so recently, but for sure you've probably had that. There are very few people who've never had that worry. And I think that, that that is fantastic advice is to have that thought in the back of your mind. Now, not live in fear of it, but to have that thought in the back of your mind as a way that you keep yourself in check from overspending or being, I guess, not very prudent when it comes to a steward of your own money.
0: Absolutely. So if you're, if you remember always... That was once where you maybe were at and that other people are still there. It, it maybe would help you appreciate what you do have um, and, and understand that happiness isn't found in stuff. Right. Absolutely. So. And that's why I
1: love that she's giving so much away. Now, she also had some interesting advice for people who want to start something. And uh, so if you're thinking about a small business, this one's for you. She said, it's our choices that show what we truly are for far more than our abilities. Anything is possible if you've got enough nerve. It does not do to dwell on dreams and forget to live. So I think that what she's saying is go for it. (laughs) absolutely <laughs> we'll, well be I,
0: smart about it <laughs> and and it's it's great to dream but dreams don't turn into action unless you actually take action so i i like that this is coming so soon after the new year too mm-hmm. um for all those people who maybe have already fallen off the wagon with their
1: uh, <laughs> new year's resolutions
0: <laughs> maybe flip it flip it around you know you can't just talk about wanting to do something you actually have to do it so absolutely little motivation
1: now her wealth Of course, it's come from her book sales, but it's also come from merchandising, and it also comes from royalty feeds paid for her and movie rights and things like that. So one of the things that is a constant thread that you'll hear from the different women that we're going to highlight here is that they have multiple streams of income. They have multiple ways that they're making money, not just all of their eggs in one basket. So as a financial planner, I love seeing that because we talk all the time about diversifying your investments, and this is the same type of theory. It's diversified income streams from diversified types of projects or things that they've invested time into that are now creating a return for them. So diversification matters, and I think that's a really good lesson for us that we're getting from JK and all the other women that we're going to highlight. All right, Kelsey, who's next on our list of wealthy women that we want to give some tips from?
0: Well, Naomi Judd ah, is on this list, <laughs> and since I'm a avid country music fan, mm-hmm. that's when I'm picking. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I remember listening to the Judds when I was younger. I just loved their music,
0: and I loved their story. Oh, you can't think of country music in the '80s and early '90s without the Judds being a part of it. For I mean, sure, the, if you, I, I've listened to podcasts and and read different things about the Juds. and their success was so strong. Mm-hmm. It, it was it was just kind of incredible. So Naomi Judd is one who is also um, very diversified in her income streams. Um, she had, for those who don't know or don't remember, um her career temporarily stopped, and it was it was kind of a pre-retirement. They, mm-hmm. they thought she wouldn't be able to continue. She got hepatitis C. Um, which is a very severe virus affecting your liver. And um, all this work, if you if you know anything about her, she from a very young age wanted to be famous and wanted to be a singer and worked really hard all along that way um, to get to where the Judds were. Um, and then they didn't have a long, long term of success necessarily um, because then her illness kicked in. But while they were you know, very successful. It, it was extremely successful. Um, since then, she's she's made some recoveries. Um, she's also donated a lot of money. But her diversified income comes from, you know, still getting royalties off of the songs. Um, she's a writer and author. She's an actress. She does speaking engagements. She has a lot of different things, a lot of different um, irons in the fire that are helping fund her. Her net worth that is extremely large. One of the things that I think I find
1: so interesting about Naomi Judd is that they were just so transparent about their craziness within their family drama. And it's oh crazy. my gosh! <laughs>
0: <laughs> I won't go into that on this show.
1: I think that so many people
0: can relate to having crazy family drama. <laughs> I don't. I think if you don't if you don't have that crazy person in your family, it's either you or you just don't know nah. all the stories. <laughs>
1: It might be you.
0: (laughs) Well, here is
1: Naomi's secret to wealth. She has said she never spent much money on flashy things like designer clothes or expensive jewelry. And I think that rings so true for her, just seeing, like, how she came from dirt-poor roots and then developed into this amazing amount of wealth. And so her theory goes along with this, that the rich get quietly richer every day, but they aren't flashy. That is true for a lot of people who develop significant wealth.
0: Yeah, there's I mean, there's a lot of people that are known for being very, very wealthy and are actually very humble in what they own and what they spend money on. They're mm-hmm. very smart about that. Not saying they don't have their things that they splurge on. Everybody splurges on on certain things. But they're not just buying things that are expensive because they're expensive to show that they have money.
1: Right. You know, and, and I relate to both of these women in very different ways. But my own story of going from welfare to wealth management... I've developed this money philosophy that money itself is not about the things that it buys you. It's not about creating a feeling of security or happiness or anything like that. The only thing money really, really does is that it buys you choices. It buys you choices of how you want to live your life and how you want to spend your time And what you want to have in your world. And so I like to look at money as a tool to help design the future that I want to live. And that's really what the purpose of money is. So it goes along with what Naomi Judd has to say about it's not about buying the flashy things and proving that you're rich. It's about having a rich life full of beautiful experience and creating that. And that I think is all why I connecting with JK Rowling as well is because part of a beautiful life in my mind is helping create beauty in others' lives by giving back. So I love that she just has that massive charitable piece behind her.
0: Welcome back to Money Guide with Mary Stirk, and today
1: we're talking about money tips from the world's wealthiest women. We've talked about what we've learned from Naomi Judd and J.K. Rowling, and now we're going to go to one that you might not realize is on this wealthiest women's list, Heidi Klum.
0: Yes, the supermodel slash business tycoon. Yes. <laughs> Very pretty, but also in a lot of different things that have nothing to do with her looks. So. Right.
1: And, and again, continuing with our theme, multiple streams of income, multiple things that create wealth for her. So this theory of diversification continues to come through. But Heidi Klum not only was a supermodel, but she produced and also hosted the Next Top Model franchise in Germany and the long-running Project Runway. And she built a very popular brand around her name with a line of luxury fragrances she's got jewelry she's got clothing shoes things like that and again she's built all this wealth but she is a huge fundraiser for the
0: children's hospital in los angeles yeah, so she's she's very interesting um her, her entire wealth and, and and all of this for the most part has been built around high fashion right but some of her advice and, and really what she's becoming known for it, for the advice side of the world is, um, sensible spending on your clothing. Um, so not necessarily paying for high end items, maybe even in her own lines. Um, but, but, um, something she says often is shop in your own closet. You don't have to go out and buy new clothes. You just need to rediscover the new clothes that are the clothes that you have in your closet. And, um, one thing that I liked that she said is frequently cleaning your own closet <laughs> is the best way for you to actually wear the things you wear. And I, I think a lot of people probably can relate to this: is you know you have a closet and you fill it to the brim, and then pretty soon you don't even know what all's in there because mm-hmm. it's all crammed together so much. And so, um, taking care of the things you have and making ex- making the things you have accessible is a great way to save on money. So you often
1: hear women talking about investing in clothing, and what Heidi Klum suggests is she's big on shopping cheap for trendy clothes while investing in the quality pieces. Mm -hmm. I think that's great financial advice, especially if you're a professional or career woman, and you know that you have to dress the part for that. Your clothing budget can be very large sometimes, And it especially depends on where you work also as to whether that means designer clothes, designer brands, or things like that. Some of our listeners would not be able to spot a designer brand to save their lives. And some of them would know instantly if what you're wearing is Chanel. And so everybody is going to fall somewhere in between those two extremes. And but all of us have to spend money on clothing. So Heidi being an active advocate of this look for less concept in fashion and beauty helps working women around the country be able to present that polished professional image without
0: breaking their pocketbook. Absolutely. There's things that are timeless. Um, in, you know, a pair of black pump shoes (laughs) are timeless. They have always been and will always be something you can wear, especially in the business world. Um, so not, um... Skimping on that item, maybe buying something there that that makes a lot of sense and is maybe a little uh, higher dollar because you're getting a better quality maybe Um, makes sense. But something that's going to be in style for a year and right back out of style next year, you don't want to drop a lot of dollars on that probably um, because you're not making a good investment necessarily. Here's the last piece of surprising advice from Heidi Klum
1: that we want to share is don't skip great finds just because they don't fit you. Get a low-cost tailoring service to make it sleek and custom-made. I love that. (laughs) Me too. All right. Next, we're going to move on to someone that you might not know the name, but her name is Georgina Hancock-Reinhardt. And Georgina is one of Australia's richest women. So she did not build her own wealth from scratch. She originally inherited a mining company that's called Hancock Prospecting. It was built by her grandfather. And what she did, though, is she grew up in the business. She took over the business, and then she helped it dynamically grow to become much more profitable and, again,
0: diversified. Absolutely, and her her piece of advice I think that stands out most to me is there is no monopoly on becoming a millionaire. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I love it. Right? You Anybody can, do, can it. do it. Right? Um, many of these women, she Georgia isn't Georgina isn't, and herself self made, but she has um, expanded her wealth. But you know you can start from from rags and make it all the way to riches, to use that term. Um, and it's it's not impossible. She says, become one of those people who work hard, invest, and build, and at the same time create employment and opportunities for other, others. So again,
1: there's that giving back component. Mm-hmm. So when, when you are growing companies, you are creating opportunities for other people to build their wealth as well. And so um, people who are willing to roll up their sleeves, dive in, and work hard – tend to begin to rise towards the top in companies like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. I think
0: that's another theme in our, our list of women here is they all work hard. And um, it's a misconception among a lot of people that the people that have a lot of wealth don't work that hard and have just tons of luxury and um, relaxation. And I would argue that all day long, these, these women are talking about businesses and decisions and different ways to invest and doing speaking engagements. And I have would argue they have very busy schedules. They probably play hard too um, when they have their time off, but they are, are working or, or committing a lot of uh, mental power to their businesses on a regular basis in order to get to this kind of success.
1: Now, again, with success comes controversy frequently. And um, Georgina, who also goes by Gina, has dealt with a lot of family controversy. So she's even had legal battles with her own three grown children, Over their family trust. And so I think that's interesting when, when you're fighting with your own children while you're all still alive about the money, (laughs) then I think that that means that there's some issues there. Yeah. I wouldn't wish that on anybody, but I know it happens. Absolutely not. So what I did like about her in, in what I was reading was she's just very direct and straightforward, like no doubt about it. So this is her comment that we'll close with her story on, her thoughts about life and work are this. If you're jealous of those with more money, don't just sit there and complain. Do something to make more money yourself. Spend less time drinking or smoking and socializing and more time working. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like she would have been a force to contend with. Right? <laughs> Get up and go to work. <laughs> I love it. All right. So Kelsey share with us who our last woman is that we're going to highlight in our money tips from the world's wealthiest women show. Abigail Johnson's going
0: to round out our list today. She is a very very cool story. Yes, she is the president of Fidelity Investments, part of the Fidelity Management and Research LLC. Their organization manages about 1.6 trillion In Fidelity Investments, this uh, company was originally established by her grandfather in 1946.
1: Yeah, so we have all heard the name Fidelity when it comes to investments. They are a mammoth on the street. And I love, 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 love that it's led by a woman. And she is a force to be reckoned with. So... You may not have heard her name before, though, (laughs) because she is all about being low profile and makes a very, very conscious effort to completely stay away from
0: media when she can. Yeah, she's only doing the media when she absolutely has to on behalf of the company. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you are not going to hear or see her very often. But so she's
1: got a major high profile position and she just does not go after the media attention. So I think that's kind of a cool way to be thinking about it. But because she's in the financial services industry more than these other women were, she's got some some great advice that we want to share with you. So, when she is talking about creating your own safety net, she's suggesting that every retiree and pre-retiree of course have certain things in place, and this is her quote you should have a retirement income plan in place that incorporates a realistic estimate of anticipated expenses. And if possible, your essential expenses, including health insurance, should be covered by reliable sources of lifetime income, such as Social Security, pensions, and perhaps certain forms of guaranteed income or sustainable withdrawals from savings. This is so smart. (laughs) Yes. I love it. She's right on the money with this advice. And I don't know how many of you listening have read the book that I wrote called Ready to Pull the Retirement Trigger. But one of the sections in the book is talking about a concept called a fixed with fixed strategy. So having your fixed expenses covered by your fixed income. And fixed income means things that are reliable sources of income, like the things that we just talked about.
0: Absolutely. So having um, something that you is mostly guaranteed, maybe has a little fluctuation, but mostly secure and unimpacted um, by. Markets Markets and Mm -hmm. things like that maybe you know is still subject to some inflation risk, but mostly stable. And making sure that the things you need to pay on a regular basis are covered by that stability and that income that is is mostly guaranteed. Um, It can take a lot of the pressure off of you and help you enjoy retirement in a much more um, in a much bigger way because you don't have to worry about how am I going to pay the basic bills now. The rest of your income, things that you're going to spend on what we call the variable expenses, <laughs> the fun stuff, that's going to be influenced by um, likely going to be influenced by markets and things like that. But you know what? If the market's having a really bad year, you maybe just take one less vacation or something. You can you can adjust in, in that world a lot better than... I don't have enough money to pay my electric bill this month or I can't pay for Mm -hmm. my medications or whatever the case may be. So turning your retirement um, savings into that income is important. All right. So
1: we will close on that one from Abigail Johnson. Thank you to her for that fantastic advice. And what we want to offer for those of you listening is if you are interested in connecting with us, that you reach out. When women share with women financial advice, then great things can happen. So give us a call, reach out. Let's work together to create whatever the best strategy for you is going forward so you can make your own way towards the list of world's wealthiest women. Thanks for listening to Money Guide with Mary Stirk